Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey News. And boy, do we have some good news for you, Pittsburgh Penguins fans. The long five weeks of speculation, of rumors, of at least one story on InsideThePenguins.com from Nick Horwat. Five weeks later, and it's finally done. The Penguins have acquired reigning Norris Trophy winning defenseman Eric Carlson from the San Jose Sharks in a absolutely monster deal. We will break it all down here in this bonus episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. I'm Nick Berlansky. That's Nick Horwat. Horwat, before we get into all of this, how surprised are you that this deal actually got done? I mean, when you put it in the way we've been talking about it for five weeks, I've had a story up probably every day in those five weeks, at least. Probably, some, or in, you have. In some way, shape, or form, covering every single angle and uh, rumor I could find on this thing. It doesn't feel that shocking anymore, considering the amount of time it took. Um, but just seeing it finally become official, uh, shock doesn't become the right word. It kind of just becomes more of a, okay, here comes the fun. Right. I mean, we all wake up this morning and there's Elliot Friedman tweeting. They're making the push to get it done today. I had been told something in previous days that it was going to be fine, that something was going to be finalized soon. Um, and then Megan and I made plans for Sunday. Thankfully, we saw rain on the forecast and went, let's stay inside today. And by noon o'clock, uh, was it even noon or was it a little bit before? Anyway, regardless of whenever it was, uh, there then there goes the tweets. You know, a couple of insiders start tweeting their what they're hearing, and then the official mammoth of a trade breaks from the Penguins. And boy, oh boy, uh, <laughs> uh, Kyle Dubas is a miracle worker. He, I mean, when you look at the deals of this trade, it's kind of hard to dispute that fact as we pull it up here for those watching us on Inside the Penguins on YouTube. In this mammoth deal, which is a three-team trade including the Montreal Canadiens, the Pittsburgh Penguins acquire Eric Carlson with $1.5 million retained, Rem Pitlick, a forward from Montreal, Dylan Hamaluk, which is another forward prospect, and a 2026 third-round pick from the San Jose Sharks. Going back the other direction to San Jose is a 2024 first-round pick from the Pittsburgh Penguins that is top 10 protected. So if the <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins end up stinking next season, they will retain their first-round pick. But they also send back all of Mikhail Granlund and Jan Ruda's contract. Obviously, Granlund was the player that was potentially getting bought out today. Doesn't end up happening. He ends up taking his entire $5 million and heading west to San Jose, California. Also going to San Jose from Montreal is forward Mike Hoffman. Speaking of Montreal, in this deal, they get a 2025 second round pick from Pittsburgh. Jeff Petrie returns to Montreal at $1.5 million retained. Casey DeSmith and prospect Nathan Legare. When we say it is a mammoth deal, it is an absolutely mammoth deal. Players, picks, etc. At the end of the day, though, when you look at this deal for the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're getting a 100-point reigning Norris Trophy winner, and they didn't have to give up more than one first-round pick. They didn't have to give up Pierre-Olivier Joseph. They didn't have to give up 
Owen Pickering or Braden Yeager or Ty Smith or Drew O'Connor. They practically said, here are all of our problem contracts. Give us the fun stuff. And that is exactly what happened in this deal. It, 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 it truly was the take all of our bad players for your one good player. And you know what? It, it worked somehow. I mean, it, it includes a little bit of salary retention. Now, it's not as much as any of us would have liked. We're still paying Eric Carlson $10 million against the salary cap. But you know what? I think you take that trade off. Because you managed to take on $10 million, yet subtract three from uh, the overall number. How? Like Kyle Dubas was cooking in this in his lab with this. Like it, there's I don't know how else to put it. Uh and he's gonna and Eric Carlson's gonna bring so much. Rem Pitlick, I've already been told, was supposed to be one of I believe it was Nashville's uh top prospects whenever he was there and uh had a decent start to his career with I have to look back into the details, had a decent start to his career with Montreal. That could be a good little depth depth piece right there. I mean, there's going to be all kind of battles for forward, for forward positions, uh, and Rem Pillick is just kind of shoehorned his way in there. Don't know much about that other prospect. Not worried about it. But he played in the ECHL at times last year. I don't. I don't think we need to really spend too much yeah, time on him. No, we don't. And we saw that this past season that just Jeff Petrie wasn't as advertised, sending him right back to Montreal. Jan Ruda was fine, was okay, but you know what? Dropping him off of the roster alleviates that that dam, that that logjam that was put up uh, in the defensive core, put up mostly by Ron Hextall, and then you know the additions of uh, Ryan Graves kind of added to it from Kyle Dubas. But those two names gone, and there's some flowing now. Now you're able to really fill out who's going to go where in your defense. And you know, P.O. Jo- like you mentioned, P.O. Joseph is still here. Ty Smith is still here. Marcus Pedersen is still here. Owen Pickering is still here. All of the guys that were long rumored to be maybe part of the trade, maybe part of the going to the third team, are all still here. And that's a successful deal. And mm-hmm. sure, our third line defense right side might be Chad Ruedel. You know what though? Like you like like we talked about before. Why not have a little fun? Maybe Ty Smith can fit in there. There's a lot of options that can play now. Yeah, there's a lot of options. There's definitely a a different face of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. Not not as far as like star player, but the Penguins look much different now than they did 24 hours ago. So we're obviously going to have to spend a lot of time breaking that down. And we have the time because Mm -hmm. training camp doesn't start until September. Although everybody now is ready for the games to start tomorrow because they want to see what Eric Carlson looks like as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Speaking of tomorrow... Tomorrow's Sidney Crosby's birthday. Here's a nice early present for you, Sid. Here comes a Norris Trophy winning offensive f- defenseman that's really going to highlight and improve the team's five-on-five play. It's going to highlight and improve the team's power play. It's just going to make the team more potent offensively in general, bringing in Eric Carlson. Now, you mentioned one thing there with the retention. The Penguins only get 1.5 retained on Eric Carlson, meaning he will be worth $10 million against the salary cap for the next four seasons. Another little instance in here in this long, large trade, the Penguins will retain about the same amount of money, 1.5, on Jeff Petrie for the next two seasons. The reason that is important, and this comes from Eric Angles of Sportsnet, who covers, obviously, the Montreal Canadiens, it was important for the Habs to have that $1.5 million in that deal because they're probably going to try to flip Jeff Petrie. 
And it's not easy to trade Jeff Petrie considering he has that 15-team no-trade list. Getting that $1.5 million off makes it easier for the Canadians to potentially flip him and find more suitors for him later in the season or as next season might progress if they continue to keep him on the team. So a lot of moving parts, as was rumored throughout this entire process. Little pieces here, little pieces in Montreal, little pieces that Kyle Dubas had to give on, but... Overall, it feels like Kyle Dubas and the general consensus in Penguins land today is that this is an absolute fleecing by the Penguins president of hockey ops and general manager Kyle Dubas. The dual the dual boss up in Pittsburgh, up in the front office. Yeah, fleecing is usually a term you try not to use willy-nilly, but this this feels like it, right? It feels like uh I mean, we were talking about on Thursday on the episode, we were talking about buying out Mikhail Granlund. Guess what? We didn't even have to do that. The <laughs> first the first uh, waiver window went past, and we were all kind of like, oh, uh, oh, now what? Now what's going to happen? Do we just actually have to wait until tomorrow for them to buy him out and then make the move? Nope. San Jose is going to take him full charge. All $5 million of it. You know what sounds a lot better than dropping $4 million off of your salary crap? Dropping five. Dropping that extra one off. And not having um, any implications on year three and four, in which you would have if you had to buy him out. Yeah, not having any of those extra implications. Sure, you're retaining a little bit on Jeff Petrie, but so what? I mean, it's and it's just a well worth deal that you were able to shed Mikhail Granlin, which was probably the nail in the coffin of the Ron Hextall era. You were able to almost completely shed Jeff Petrie, which who was a fine player, just not as advertised. And Jan Ruda again was a fine player, but honestly might be the might be the biggest piece we lost there. The most productive and highest value almost piece that we lost in this mm-hmm. trade. Because Nathan Lagare was a prospect that was fading anyway, and that sucks because he was supposed to be, you know, a top three prospect uh, just a couple seasons ago. But here we are in return getting a future Hall of Famer. Regardless of if this team is now a playoff team, a contender a winning team, whatever, who cares? You know what's going to happen now? There's at least going to be entertainment value in the final years of the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era. And that's the big part of it, right? That's really what we wanted. At the end of the day, Pittsburgh Penguins fans will get the privilege, because it mm-hmm. is exactly what it is. It will be a privilege to watch a defense with both Chris Latang and Eric Carlson. It's ridiculous. And a power play with Eric Carlson, Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, maybe Chris Letang if they go 2D, Jake Gensel whenever he gets healthy. It is going to be the Harlem Globetrotters of hockey. Now still, because it's Todd Reardon, they'll find a way to finish like 15th or 16th in the NHL in power play efficiency. But hey, it'll be fun and entertaining regardless. And if you thought you were upset that they didn't shoot the puck enough before, uh, you might be in for a treat this season. But at the end of the day, we don't know how it's going to work out because we're still six weeks away from training camp. But... This is the biggest move for the Pittsburgh Penguins since Phil Kessel was traded to Pittsburgh in 2015. Yes or no? Absolutely. Uh, Right now, it is already the biggest move since then. And depending on the... uh, I mean, topping two cups would be hard to do. I was going to say it has the the possibility to become bigger than Mm -hmm. that. But 
I mean, you'd have to somehow surpass winning back-to-back cups in the first two years there. I would say it's definitely the biggest move since then, without doubt. Name another big star we've acquired since then. Derek Broussard? No. Jack Johnson's contract signing was a big day in Pittsburgh Penguins history. you know what? In one way or another, yes, it was. I mean, it was a big day, but it was just not in the right direction. But no, I would say, of course, on day of, this is a more impactful trade than Phil Kessel. The fallout was back-to-back Stanley Cups, and Phil Kessel was phenomenal in 2017-18 as well. Mm-hmm. Can he live? Can this trade live up to that? That remains to be seen. But as far as day of impact, immediate impact on the roster that this player is joining, this is more impactful than the Phil Kessel deal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, given the roster, given the season that the Penguins are just coming off of, given the position that Eric Carlson is now going to be taking up, Apparently, Chris Tang has already said he's willing to take a back seat when it comes to the power play, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how the first and second line draws up. Regardless, uh, it's going to be entertaining. He's going to have... Ricard Raquel and Mar- Marcus Pedersen have another Swede to pal around with. That's kind of fun, too, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. I mean, and not only is it a Swede, it's one of the greatest Swedish hockey players of all time. <laughs> I mean, if if anything else, there will be butts in seats this year. Oh, and I yeah. think when it comes to the bottom line of a sports organization, that's a net positive. Oh, you know Fenway Sports Group is sitting there right now getting ready to jump Scrooge McDuck style into a pool of money. Once those jerseys go on sale, oh. once, once those blacks, whites, thirds, I, maybe, maybe, I mean, I don't, sometimes the Winter Classic jerseys get worn into another season. We don't know if that's happening yet, but imagine those. Imagine that with a sixty-five Carlson. This this uh, team's going to make a lot of money just on jersey sales, let alone other merch products, let alone ticket sales. The bottom line is going up. All right, we need to reach out to a graphic designer right now and get a "How Sweet It Is" shirt made with Eric Carlson, and we need to open up a Tip of the Iceberg store, put our logo back out there because we actually sold some some merch whenever we initially did that, and then that'll be the first original T-shirt there. How sweet it is, Eric Carlson to the Pittsburgh Penguins. But um, let's <laughs> Pittsburgh discuss Pittsburgh Clothing Company. We're looking at you. Yeah, listen, we'll give you these ideas, Pittsburgh Clothing Company. All we need because we are we are of course two individuals who have several pieces of clothing from Pittsburgh Clothing Company. This is the last free ad you're going to get. <laughs> Sponsor us. We'll keep giving you these great ideas, guys. Come on. I mean, they they have the ability to, to execute where we don't. But uh, regardless, uh, moving on to the fallout of this deal for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They currently sit, according to capfriendly.com, at $79,000 over the NHL salary cap, currently having 22 players on the NHL roster, 13 forwards, 7 defensemen, Two goaltenders. That is, of course, including Jake Gensel, who, as we talked about earlier in the week, will be out at least the first two and a half weeks of the NHL season after having ankle surgery. So the Penguins, like you mentioned, opened up $3 million in cap space in the Eric Carlson deal. I don't know if I would have ever expected to be able to say that. No, I thought we'd just be kind of breaking even and having to figure it out from there. But, and that's, and that not only is, would I have thought we'd have broken even, I thought we would have broken even with San Jose retaining a little more than a million and a half. But here they are, only retaining a million and a half. We're taking on $10 million of Eric, Carl's, Eric Carlson, and yet we somehow subtracted $3 million. Yeah. I mean, everybody always says Kyle Dubas is one of the best in the league when it comes to massaging the salary cap, and Jesus, did he do that in this deal. I mean, the Penguins, $79,000, as most people know, is nothing. 
right? It's yeah. very easy to subtract $79,000 from the NHL salary cap. There might be another move coming. Who knows? Uh, we'll have to sit back and wait. But as of right now, that's where they stand. And then let's get into the defensive lineup a little bit. Then we'll talk a little bit more about Rem Pitlick. And then we'll obviously uh, read our listener reactions, as we said we were going to on Twitter. But this is what I see the lineup being as of right now. And I think most people see it the same way. You can tell me if I'm wrong or if you see it in a different light. Ryan Graves, Chris Letang is the top pairing. The Swedes on the second pairing. Marcus Pedersen, Eric Carlson. And then P.O. Joseph and one of Chad Ruedel or Ty Smith on the third pairing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, maybe Mark Friedman sneaks in there, but uh, that one just seems highly unlikely. He's more of a uh, more of a certain game type player. I can't think of the exact word, uh, but yeah, it's... Freeman probably doesn't sneak in there right away, but that's exactly how it should fill out, probably. Mm-hmm. And one year and nine days after the Pittsburgh Penguins acquired both Jeff Petrie and Ty Smith on the same day, the logjam is gone. The Penguins send out three defensemen in this deal, bring back only one. So the logjam is no more. The Penguins have seven on the NHL roster, plus a Mark Friedman in the minors. That's where they sit. And it looks... Like, it's just going to be Chad Ruedel, Ty Smith, maybe even P.O. Joseph gets into a competition with Ty Smith. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be competition all around the Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. Penguins surrounding training camp. Spots that could be filled in many different ways. It's going to be fun for the Pittsburgh Penguins this season, and I think that's the general consensus as well, is a lot of people are excited to watch what unfolds because it it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun, whereas last season, you know, there were points where a lot of the listeners that we have have to- told us at se- certain points throughout last season you know it just was not fun anymore right and even beyond the seven defensemen that we have sitting at the nhl level uh if you need injury if you need break glass in case of injury people players we have them too you mentioned mark freeman's there will butcher's down there you know taylor Fadoon is still going to be an option if truthfully you need to break glass in case of emergency uh xavier Ouellette was supposed to get was probably supposed to get the Taylor Verdun call, except he was injured. So the options are still there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not like we are completely, it's those seven and no one else. Nope. We yeah. got options. We have the emergency calls if we need them. So we're good with the seven. And I think Will Butcher's got a great chance to be an emergency call up and maybe even fight for that seven spot. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, we have plenty of backstock as well. When I look at that top four on the Penguins' defense, Graves, Latang, Pedersen, Carlson, I'll stack that up against any top four in the NHL right now. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. I mean, in terms of offense and defense, there's not too many around that can bring that sort of skill and uh, push for victories than those four. Uh, Marcus Pedersen, maybe he'll get the respect he deserves this season, especially if he's playing alongside Eric Carlson. Um Ryan Graves is a bit of a wild card, but we'll see how it goes. It should work out perfectly fine, especially if he's playing alongside Chris Letang, who showed that even through all the nonsense he went through last year, has a lot left to give. Needs uh, not necessarily a bounce-back season, but he probably wants to have uh, a better season than he did last year in terms of just headspace and being... I mean, not that he wasn't... Not that he was bad on the ice. He was a great player on the ice, but just improving from there improving Mm -hmm. mentally and improving himself on the ice and then eric carlson bringing if we're not going to get 100 points merrick carlson right away let's put that out there 
Yeah, but, it's not a guarantee. Yeah, but, I mean, he gives us maybe at least 60, right? You would have to imagine. Yeah. You would have to imagine he gets to at least that point. And I think if you're Todd Reardon right now, you are in absolute euphoria. Todd Reardon loves when defensemen can pinch and pinch successfully and create offense from the back end. Now he has the league leader in points as far as defensemen from last mm-hmm. season and Chris Letang. It's going to be very intriguing to see how the ice time gets split up, how the special teams get split up now with this defense. And it'll be interesting to see if there are any other moves coming for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Cause as we just mentioned briefly, Jake Gensel is going to miss at least two and a half weeks, maybe more. If they stick him on LTIR, what do you end up doing with that that cap space? What do you end up doing? Do you bring somebody else in? Uh, do you have an open competition between a bunch of forwards that could pay, potentially take that spot? And is Rem Pitlick one of those forwards to get an opportunity to potentially take that spot? I think that's a good place to start talking yeah. about the throw-in to the Eric Carlson trade, which is... Rem Pitlick, who is going to fly under the radar on this move for most people. He plays all three forward positions, scored only 15 points last season, six of them being goals, in 46 games with the Montreal Canadiens. But prior to that, in the year prior, he had 15 goals between Montreal and Minnesota. He adds a little bit more depth scoring to the NHL roster almost immediately. And good friend of the show, State of Hoppy, who goes to show you what kind of conversations that we have with Hoppy. Carlson deal goes down and me and state of Hoppy are texting back and forth about Rem Pitlick. <laughs> Nothing about Eric Carlson, mostly about Rem Pitlick, but obviously Pitlick being in Minnesota state of Hoppy had a front row seat to see what he was like a couple seasons back. He said, quote, all offense, no defense. The Penguins needed a guy like that in the bottom six, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. That that bottom six is nothing but defense, really. I mean, there's there's a touch of scoring here and there. You'll get some lucky bounces every so often. But you know, losing Mikhail Granlin opens up some breathing space for guys like Alex Nylander or Ren Pitlick to fly in there with their scoring prowess and their shoot-first mentality and really fight for spots in the bottom six. I was in the middle of drafting a story about who could take the plate takes take the space of Jake Gensel uh, to start the season, and then the tweets started happening. Um, so I could adjust it, throw Rem Pitlick on that list because I had Nylander in there already. Obviously, a couple prospects, a couple of new signings. It's a good story. I promise you, go read it when it's out. <laughs> and then uh, tossing Rem Pitlick seems to be um, just another face who could maybe fight for a first line role right away. I mean, he's making a million, over a million dollars. It it seems a little unlikely that he'll get canned to the minors right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with all kind of... he Kyle Dubas did not relieve the forward congestion, but that will at least leave plenty of space for depth position battles to take place during uh, camp and preseason. And here's the difference in that. Last season, I think there was congestion, but you could tell that there were better players being sent to the minors, right? Correct. Like Ty Smith had beat out P.O. Joseph in training camp, yet Ty Smith had to get sent to the minors because of the congestion. This year, if players beat out players in the forward side, okay, 
Send down Andreas Janssen. Mm -hmm. Send down Alex Nylander. The better player is going to get the opportunity. And that wasn't something that necessarily the Penguins had an opportunity to do with their defensive logjam last year, just simply because of the way Ron Hextall played his hand and the way that he had that logjam situated. But having more options at forward, especially for a team that has a bottom six that needed to be reinvented, needed to be reinvigorated, the furthest thing from a bad thing for Kyle Dubas is to add another name to that mix in Rem Pitlick. And especially with the news about Jake Gensel, to add another name that could potentially come in, provide that offense on a line with Sidney Crosby and Ricard Raquel right off the jump in the first couple of weeks, that is uh, that is a great thing to, to address with just a throw-in on the biggest trade in eight years at least for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, we mentioned that battle for the vacant spot. I was going to say some of the names I, I could see going up against it, but instead, you know what? Go check out Nick Horowat's uh, story when it comes out. I'm assuming Monday morning, probably, if not by the time you're hearing this. But it'll, um, Yeah, it'll be Monday morning. I'm probably going to do like, one more piece on the Eric Carlson thing. And it's a Sunday. I would also still like the rest of my day to kind of relax. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, probably yes. tomorrow. But I'll have All plenty right. of stuff. Don't worry. There will be plenty of Carlson talk on this show, on the website, uh, probably for the next week and a half plus. Well, I wouldn't say on this show. We are taking a break after Tuesday's show. I, yeah, you're right. Let's, we're still taking a break after Tuesday's show. But thankfully, the Pittsburgh Penguins got this deal done before we went on our leave of absence. Also, with 65, a.k.a. Eric Carlson days left until the opener against the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's close out this episode, this very special trade episode, by getting some of your reactions, the listener reactions. First, I do want to shout out somebody that texted me directly the second it came through, and that's my good friend Ron McKee. He said, Dubas should be in jail for that robbery. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Fair enough, because as we mentioned, that's it was really just highway robbery. And then we also asked on Twitter for you all to give us your best reactions to the Eric Carlson deal. And let's let's go th through some of these right here. Dean on Twitter says, text message from Kyle Dubas to Sidney Crosby. I know your birthday is tomorrow, but I got you a little something. <laughs> okay. The Ohio Pens fan 66 said, you know those people that say, hey, let's trade all our bad players for your good players, yet everyone knows that doesn't happen? Well, Kyle just showed that it does. Yeah. Jackson Hollister, Scooby Dubas performed a fleece job. I'm a little worried about the cap situation, though, trying to get under the cap when Gensel comes back from LTIR. 79000 dollars is not too much but also you do have to realize the penguins are at 22 roster spots instead of 23 but the other thing i will say to that is they spent most of last season with only 22 roster spots instead of 23 because of the salary cap last year Yeet. dealing with that but having eric carlson instead of mikhail granlin jeff petrie jan ruda i'll take it we'll i'll take it. it net positives net positives 100 percent Nicholas Dowsett says, I'm so excited, cannot wait for the season to start. Mm -hmm. Which is, I, I think, how everybody feels right now. And the last one we'll read is from Joshua Carnes and says, is Carter for Lindholm or Shifley incoming? I <laughs> saw that one, and I, I mean, no. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate the uh, <laughs> appreciate the uh, the thought process. Um, yeah, it... I, I think we're just stuck with Jeff Carter. I think we all know this. I think we all been knew this. Uh, it, he might not. Who knows? Maybe uh, Mike Sullivan decides to pull some healthy scratches of a veteran. You never know. But <laughs> mm -hmm. I think regardless one way or the other, Jeff Carter will be on the team this upcoming season. 
Um, I had been texting my boss at Stage E over the last couple days about this as well because he started listening to the show. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, and because I was at work at Stage E yesterday, and also he walked in and said, where's this trade that we were supposed to get in the next 72 hours? I said, hey, we're still on the clock. And I texted him this morning and said, there it is. All he said in all caps was, insane, can't believe they pulled off, pulled that off while clearing cla- while clearing cap space. So that's the reaction I got right away as well. So it's, uh, it, it, everyone's excited and ecstatic about this. Um, some people in San Jose don't seem to be too excited about the return. Well. But you're a rebuilding team, and like I said before, you have all kinds of cap space to work with even before the trade. And here's the thing, too. Mike Greer was put, pinned into a very difficult situation because Carlson wanted to go, and Carlson wasn't going anywhere he didn't want to go. He had a full new move, no move clause. Yeah. So if he said he wanted to go to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is it, then in Pittsburgh is it, and you have to get back what you can. So it's a tough situation for sure for Mike Greer, but hey, he, he pulled it off. The deal is done, and it's in the rear view, and that organization can move forward now. I lied before. I do have one more Twitter reaction because this deserves to be – the walk-off home run from our Twitter reactions here. NAB on Twitter. First day on Twitter for NAB. Says, well, my reaction was to instantly create this account in order to immerse myself in the Pens fan base. Been listening to you guys speculate about the EK65 trade all summer, so I'm happy for you two that you finally get to speak about the actual trade. It's what we've done the last half hour. It's what we're going to do for the next week. It's what we're going to do up until the season starts and probably into the season. NAB also there. Avi is a penguin with a Swedish logo. Gotta love that. So, you know what? All is good in the neighborhood. Pittsburgh Penguins acquire Eric Carlson. We will be back this week with mm-hmm. more breakdown. We hope you enjoyed this quick 30-minute discussion on the Eric Carlson trade, our instant reactions. But like I mentioned, we will be back this week. We will be taking a hiatus after Wednesday, but then we will be back at the end of August going back to five episodes a week because the grind doesn't stop. It takes a hiatus. It takes a little sabbatical, but the grind really doesn't stop. We'll be right back after about... Eh, 24 to 48 hours with another full episode of the tip of the iceberg, but uh, we'll be back then. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.